Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Well, it's great to be back again together, isn't it? Yeah? Beautiful day, nice sunshine, great for a run, walk, swim, whatever, sleep. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Although if I do that on a Sunday afternoon, it just, it just wrecks my Sunday nights. So uh, I don't sleep. But anyway. I want to ask a question, if that's okay. I wonder why it is that a lot of us Christians do not reach the full fruitfulness that actually God has destined for us. Why do we not reach the full fruitfulness that God has for every single believer? I want you to park it there. I'm going to pray and we'll just mull on that for a minute. Lord, we just thank you that you're here with us this morning And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come and make your word alive in us, that you would speak to us clearly and boldly, that you would challenge us to more of you, to greater things. And we thank you for your grace and your power and your presence with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm going to read from Romans 12 too. Very, very familiar verse for most of us. And it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. My question was, why is it that a lot of us Christians don't reach the full fruitfulness that God has destined for us, for every single one of us? And I've titled today, Daringly, The Fires of Transformation. And that is because I believe that most of us, me included, resist transformation. And what I mean by that is that God allows the enemy, opposes this natural world, has trials and challenges and difficulties. So there's all these things continually going on in our lives And we so often resist God's guiding hand, which wants to transform us. He is always about our benefit. He's always about looking after us. And he doesn't want us to conform to the patterns of this world, just going on our day in the same way that everyone from the world. But he actually wants us to be renewed and transformed. This word, it's a powerful word, transformation. And we're all on this journey of transformation, aren't we? All of us, different, different levels, different pathways, different avenues. Some of us through diff- disappointments, some of us through fears and rejection. And all of that happens in life to a certain degree to every person. There probably wouldn't be a person in this room who hasn't experienced some kind of disappointment, uh, anxiety, rejection in their life. These are the fires of transformation. When we are let down by other people, it's an opportunity for us to test our own heart. 
That's why this passage here says, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. He has a plan and a purpose for you and for me, which is perfect. Our lives may not seem perfect, but his plan is perfect. And so our desire is that we would get in sync with heaven enough and hear the voice of the Father enough so that we can actually hear his will for our lives. If we spend our lives opposing the will of God, I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but actually opposing the will of God, resisting the will of God. If we resist his discipline, because the Bible actually says God is a loving father, but he disciplines those he loves. And in this day and age, it's kind of a a word that we've forgotten about, discipline. We've forgotten about that because we don't like getting disciplined. We don't like it when we might hear God say, do not do that. Don't go there. It's, it's not going to lead to fruitfulness. But we may be in our own selfishness. We want to do it anyway. That will lead to the fires of transformation. If you want to resist the fires of t- transformation, increase your obedience. When we increase our obedience to the will of the Father, we actually get to go through the easy gate rather than the hard gate. I don't know about you, but I hate the hard gate. I've said many times that painful things, if I know the Lord is teaching me or training me or disciplining me, uh, because he has many times in my life disciplined me and I know that he's allowed circumstances in my life because he needs to teach me a lesson. And I don't know about you, but he'll allow that in your life as well. There will be circumstances in your life that if you resist those fires of transformation, it will prolong it. You don't want to prolong it. I'm sure you're like me. Get that Band-Aid ripped off as quickly as possible because it's painful and humans do not like pain. Humans resist pain. And the more selfish we get, the more we resist pain. But we realize that God has a purpose in the pain. He has a purpose in the fire. He has a purpose in the rejection, in the opposition, in the loneliness, in the darkness, in the fear, in the anxiety. God will meet you in that place where maybe you won't find him in any other place because he is with you in that dark place. He was with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the fires of transformation. They wouldn't bow down. They knew it was going to be painful. In fact, they humanly thought it was going to be a lot more painful than it actually ended up being because God actually prevented them from pain. Maybe they prayed like, prayed like Jabez, God, keep me from harm and pain. I don't need any more. And God supernaturally did. Maybe he'll do that in your situation as well. But it takes obedience to persist through the fire. It takes persistence to get through it. Sufferings, perseverance, trials. These things are not modern day catchphrases, but every single human will face them. Every single believer will face some form of persecution. If we're not willing to stand up for the name of Jesus in front of one friend or ten friends or in front of other people, maybe on social media, then we're probably going to go through some fires of persecution. We're going to go through some fires of transformation because God wants us to have a voice. He wants us to have a voice. He wants us to shine our light. If our salt loses its saltiness, it's of no value. 
if our message loses the gospel, the gospel of power and of love and of transformation, it loses its power. If it's just a nice message, if it's just social justice, and I love social justice, but so many are on the bandwagon of social justice, but they've forgotten the originator of social justice was Jesus Christ. It's not just for a good cause. It's not just to raise money. It's not just to post on social media and get a lot of followers so we can see how good this person is because they've raised awareness about something. It is all about Jesus Christ. It's all about him. And so often we get caught up in movements, and there's a whole lot of movements you can get caught up in right now, and I won't go off on too much of a political tangent, but I'm telling you, look into stuff. Be wise. Don't just go with what the media are putting out there because they have no clue what they're putting out there. They'll put anything out there that'll get them ratings. Anything out there that'll get them ratings. Christians need to be wise and we need to be careful what we're following and cheering on because not all that stuff is what it seems. And I'll leave it there. You look in and do research. We have to be wise. It's so key. The fires of transformation, many of us have journeyed through a whole lot of things. I believe that God allows uh, fires of transformation for a few reasons. And I want to give you a couple of examples. I'm not going to have a passage for each, otherwise we'll be here for too long. But if you think of Moses' experience with the burning bush, God met him in the burning bush. He couldn't meet him face to face. It was too much. It's too much for mankind. So he sent a burning bush to to. Uh, reveal the nature of God and in that experience was a fiery transformation and maybe you've had a fiery transformation maybe you've had a experience in the presence of God I think that one if I'm going to get really honest here today one of my frustrations with revival movements is that the fiery transformation doesn't last long enough because that fiery presence is to come and bring transformation to the heart. It's not just to shake and bake and awake. It's to do something in the nature, the very being of a man or a woman. It's to transform us into the likeness of Christ. And if we go back to Romans 12, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. And this is where I believe we've fallen short in the last move of God. We haven't necessarily been able to approve what God's will is, his perfect and good and pleasing will. Because we, we almost stopped in an experience, and it was an amazing experience, and we say, God, come again and pour out your spirit upon us. But I'm telling you, shake us from within. Shake us from within. Because it's within that then forms that fruitfulness without. And it does something to change us. And many, many, many millions have been transformed in the last 20 years of moves of God. But this is one thing we don't want to stop there. We don't want to stop at the burning bush and just be amazed in that day, in that week, in that month. And an experience like that, we can see even Moses, after he had that experience, he still doubted. He still questioned. He still wondered. I mean, he needed a pretty dramatic experience to lead that many millions of complaining, whinging people through the desert, didn't he? But us humans, we are left to our own devices. That's exactly what we're all like. I know I'm like that. Left to my own desires and my own nature, I will become a whinging... I was going to say whinging pom. That's completely, you know, politically... You don't hear that phrase anymore, but... 
I would become a, a whinging, depressed Christian as well because I'd be saying, well, what about that burning bush? What about that experience? What about the promise? What about those supernatural encounters? It's not enough. I'm sick of eating this stuff, this bread and birds and boring stuff. Give us some good stuff. This is what we're like in and of ourselves. We get bored very, very quickly, don't we? And this is why we want to say, Lord, come and yes, we want the fire experience. Bring the burning bush experience but make sure in the process, we transform our hearts. We transform our hearts by renewing our mind. Our mind is in our soul. Our mind, our will and our emotions, this sort of stuff, we want that to be transformed. So it's not just an emotional high. We get in a room like this and we worship our emotions, get raised up high and we go, wow, Jesus, you're amazing. We get out there on Monday and we've got to be in our body. And where's that experience gone? The, the transformation didn't happen. It didn't go past our emotions into our mind and into our being. It stayed in our emotions. Let him into all of the rooms. Let him into all of the rooms of your being. And then, then we, we get to take the kingdom into dark places and into depressed places and, and that transformation takes place around us. And when others aren't saying, you know, the, the, the thing that we agree with, it's okay. It's okay because he lives in us. He's in our being. He's not just in our emotions. So it's not just that one experience. He's in our mind. He's in our will. He's in our body. He's in our life. And of course, he's in our spirit. That's the anchor of who we are. Another experience is we can see in the book of Acts, we can see the fire of God resting on his people. And this is something throughout history we can see God pours out his fiery presence upon his people. And, you know, if I was God, I would do it a little more often, just being honest with you. Because I think we need a top up more often than we get. But for some reason, he allows desert seasons. I don't know why. Uh, but he does, doesn't he? If you've lived any longer than about 10, 20 years on this earth, you'll know that you've walked through some deserts spiritually. You can't always feel him. You can very rarely see him. I've never seen him. You can very rarely really hear the voice of the Lord. And I mean that in a deep way. If you are really, really honest with yourself, how many times have you heard him speak to you? Him Whisper to you, I should say, because I've never heard him really speak to me, but I've heard him whisper maybe 10 times if I can actually be really, really honest with you in his, where I knew it was him and his direction and his leading. There's a lot of inklings and there's a lot of senses and they're good. They're good, but you've got to be a really wise steward of your spirit and your soul to make sure you don't operate out of your soul in giving those senses. Because many a prophetic word has been given from the soulish desires and they've fallen flat and they've caused disappointment and hurt and we're still waiting, <laughs> you know, years and years and years later. Because if it's one thing in the, in the prophetic movement, we love the prophetic and we encourage you to prophesy like Paul does, but do it from the spirit, not from your emotions, not from your desires or what you want to happen. And that, then we listen for the voice of the Spirit of God. I'm, I'm telling you, you'll notice those of you who have been around someone who can prophesy, all of, all of a sudden they'll give a word and you'll just know. The Spirit of God was on that. And it wasn't because they used the, old, the Pentecostal language. 
It's because the Holy Spirit was speaking. And this is what we need. We need to be able to test and approve what his will is, his good and pleasing will. And that's the difference between a soulish operation, even in a spiritual setting, and a spirit-led operation in a spiritual setting. And, and it's, there's a very fine line. The roads run very close together. And so we want to look out for this stuff. We want to look for the fire of God, where he is present, what he is doing, like at Pentecost. And as I mentioned, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, tough names to get right. But, you know, their other names are even harder. But the fires of transformation do not resist any fires of transformation because God will use those things. He will speak to you in those places. It's often times when we're going through that transformation experience that we will finally yield and we will say, okay, God, I've had enough. I'm going to fast and pray. He might have told us a year ago to do that, but all of a sudden we're in that place. I remember, I've said this a few times, I remember, I don't know, it might have been 20 years ago, Karen said to me that, you know, I think God's calling me to live a Daniel fast. And as a good logical thinker that I am, I, I don't think I said anything at the time, but I remember what I was thinking <laughs> as we were driving through Macca's drive through <laughs> Here's what I was thinking. That is ridiculous. I've never heard of something so ridiculous and so extreme. That is purely your emotions. Your female emotions are going crazy again. And it's one of those nice spiritual ideologies that we talk about for a week and I'm praying will die down in a few days' time so that we can get back to normality. And here we are, 20 years later, both of us living plant-based, eating basically Daniel Fast. And so I don't say that to brag. You meat eaters enjoy it because <laughs> it's good but I say that to say that what you think is crazy now be careful because through the fires of transformation God may draw you into a place that you never thought you would operate in that you never thought you would be in and in that place will be fruitfulness but if it weren't for the fires of transformation you never would have got there you never would have been daring enough. You never would have given yourself the permission. It's interesting, through the whole coronavirus thing, I think a whole cloak of religion just came off the body of Christ because all of a sudden we realized we could still be saved and not even attend a church. <laughs> all of you missed months and months and months and we didn't even phone call you and say, where the heck are you? Because you're allowed to not attend. Well, I want to give you permission. Don't put that cloak back on. Don't put that cloak of religion back on where you, you feel like you have to do anything to please me or Karen or anyone else. Because you're not here for us ultimately. We're here for him, aren't we? We're here for Jesus. And I was, I was reading some statistics, as you do, on social media. And I, I was reading that, you know, up to half... Uh, of church attendance, uh, church attendance in America is, is up to half down, even more in some places. Obviously, a lot of places, they're not even having church. And people are, people are worried about coming back and worshipping, and for good reason, you know, if, if the disease is out and about. But it's interesting, 
you know, what will we do through these fires of transformation in some parts of the world? I don't know, in the US or in other parts, maybe this will go longer. There's a whole lot of questions we've got to ask ourselves. But God will work through this and he will strip off of religion. And I bet there's a whole lot of people saying, well, I haven't, I haven't gone to church. I, I haven't gone to connect group. I haven't, you know, signed the register. I haven't done all this stuff. I'm still born again. How is that possible? <laughs> How is that even possible? That's because Jesus is a living, breathing God in your spirit, in my spirit. And he bypasses our soul. He bypasses our understanding. And what I thought was a believer 10 years ago, I've put on the scrap pile long ago. He is a man and he's God. I'll never understand that, but it's true. He's a man and he's God and he wants to use the fiery trials of life and the good fires of life to bring about transformation, to bring about fruitfulness. I want to finish with a weird summary. I'm going to read you from EarthEasy website. It's an eco website. Just bear with me. Fires are a great way of clearing out the clutter. They can break down nutrients and minerals in burning plants and other debris such as old logs, leaves and dense undergrowth and restore them to the soil thus making a more fertile heart, I mean soil. The increase in available nutrients in the soil after the fire also helps create the perfect condition to boost microbial life in the forest floor. Fire often clears out any invasive weeds, insects and disease that may have been affecting a particular forest site, providing a chance for the area to have a fresh start with native species. New grasslands are sometimes created after a fire. And there are many species of grazing animals that can benefit from the change. The natural order of species within the food chain adapts and re-establishes to the changed ecology. Life goes on. Thus, pursuing the healing of one's heart is absolutely paramount if we want to see God's transformation take place in our life. It's paramount, isn't it? It is not an option. It is not an option even just to say, dare I say it, and, and I'm... No, I won't go there. There's, there's portals of heaven opening up all over this room right now. The transformation of the heart, I believe, is this dividing line that really, really sharply pierces. It's like a double-edged sword. If we choose it, we bear great fruitfulness. If we don't choose it, we stay right where we are or we go back to go and we do not collect $200. And an immature believer who's been a Christian for 30 years is a weird person to be around because they know everything and they do nothing. And I don't want to be like that. I want to be the other way around. I want to know nothing and let him operate and do everything. But it means unlearning. It means going back to the fires of transformation and saying, I do not like the fire, Jesus, but take me through and hopefully you'll save me on the way through. I want to be obedient enough. I want to have enough faith to believe that you'll save me through the fire or maybe a fiery experience in his presence. Maybe you can even recount that and recall that today. Let me tell you, it was for a reason. It wasn't just for, for you to have a nice meeting. It wasn't just for you to have a nice word given to you. It wasn't just for you to have a nice 
a charismatic experience or even a baptismal experience in the Spirit of God. It was the beginning of the fires of transformation. It was to open up your heart, open up your life to a whole realm of transformation. It didn't end there, it began there. Some may say that when we're born again, we become perfect. Maybe that's true. But in the thousands and thousands and thousands of Christians that I've met in my 45 years, I've never seen it. So maybe it is true. But the human experience is one of transformation. I want to ask you, commit yourself to the fires of transformation. Wherever you're at today, whatever your journey looks like, there will be some suffering, some trial. There'll be some good experience. Some of you may be hearing from God more than ever before. Go with it. Go with it. Don't resist it. Those, those fires, both in the presence and through the trials, is to bring us out so that we can hear his pleasing good will clearer and clearer and we can be great transformers of life here on earth it's 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 your calling is to be transformed into his likeness and what does that look like it will mean we hear him more it will mean we evidence fruitfulness i always think of revelation i I think of the river of god and and along the banks is incredible life and trees and fruitfulness in the leaves and and this is us by the river of god his transforming power moving and breathing and working in all of our lives he's he's never static he's never stale he's always trying to draw out more and even if you're offended maybe it's something that someone's done to you or something that a weird preacher said on a morning like this morning then you just never know i i often find it is um be careful Sorry, that was Holy Spirit speaking to me there. I do hear him. He normally says, shut up. (laughs) Especially when you're up in this realm. Can you pass the offense test? A question for me, rhetorical. Don't put up your hand. (laughs) Can I pass the offense test? When I get offended at what someone does, what, what happens? What happens? It's a, it's a saying that most of you will know is normally the thing that offends you, the issue is not the issue. It's a deeper issue. It's a deeper issue. And it's, it's one of those things that we have to search for. If we genuinely want fruitfulness, We must be committed to transformation. Whether it's the fiery presence of God down at the altar here, which is the beginning of transformation, not the end. It's just the beginning. I I can often think of the greatest prophetic words ever given to me have led led to the weirdest, craziest, hardest times of our lives. (laughs) I don't know why that is. It's why I don't give good words to anyone anymore. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But he knows. He knows sometimes we need something to get us through the fire. Sometimes we need a doorway and opening that hope of light to get us through the fire. It's not because of that that leads to it. It's because he gives us that light at the end of the tunnel. And he gives us hope. Commit yourself again to that transforming power of Jesus Christ. Every day, every week. And when you get offended, get over yourself. 
and have a, ask yourself the question, is it really worth the energy? Is it really worth the energy? I mean, honestly, some of the things we get offended at, it's like, holy smoke. That is the smallest little issue in the world right now. And yet we believers fall into the trap all the time. All the time. Oh, my goodness. There's another offense. Now, praise God, none of you do that anymore because the people who did left years ago. (laughs) And it makes my life a whole lot easier. So thank you for your grace and understanding. You're the remnant, you're the faithful ones. But do you know what? The good thing is you're also the hungry ones. And there's plenty of hungry people in the world right now asking the Lord for his awakening. Maybe he's asking us a question in reply. Are you willing? Are you willing to go through the fires of transformation? Are you willing to take that experience, that maybe that prophetic experience, maybe that fiery burning bush experience and actually go through the fire? Or do you want to stay there all the time? Do you actually want to go through the fires of offense, getting offended with the most micro little issues in life when Jesus was many, many opportunities to be offended so many times? And he gives us an example. Paul had so many opportunities and he says, imitate me because he imitates Christ. And so we've got even a human, human example of what it's like to follow Jesus. And that is, when we get offended, now believe me, I know this week I am going to have an opportunity to be offended. It always happens. And so if I get offended with you, please have some grace with me and remind me of what I'm saying right now. The transformation process, God is dedicated to it. He's dedicated to your and my transformation because he, want he wants us to bear so much fruit. So much fruit, just like the river in Revelation. We want to be like those trees, bearing fruit and abundance of fruit because that river of God flows in and out of us. And so the offenses of life and the little issues aren't big issues anymore because we've got, we got a bigger thing. We've got a bigger God. I want the worship team to come up and I want you to stand this morning. Let me read you a quote from Charles Spurgeon. He said, Trials teach us what we are. They dig up the soil and let us see what we are made of. Trials teach us what we are. You might be going through some struggles or hardships or trials, or do you know what? You might literally just be in a really good place, but not much is happening. It's okay. It's actually okay. Obedience is being faithful in any season. In whatever season you're in today, God is good. He never changes. God still wants to speak. He still wants to move. He wants to bring about a fruitfulness. I believe he wants to bring about a fruitfulness in the church, even in this hour, greater than before. Because he's always advancing. He's always advancing. And, you know, the good thing about God is because I just I love the sovereignty of God, Because we can always trust him that no matter what is going on in the earth, for some reason he's allowing stuff. And he's moving, he's breathing, he's operating, his river is flowing, whether we can see it or not. And he will bring about fruitfulness. And so we want to get by that river today. We want to get by that river of God's heartbeat. And we want to say, Lord, come 
and bring transformation so I may be one who brings fruitfulness, fruitfulness, fruitfulness. You might need to let go of some offense. You might need to let go of some judgments or whatever it might be. Just let stuff go today that's holding you back from being an incredible, fruitful, fruitful tree. And so many of you are. That's why we love this place. That's why we love you guys. Because there's a hunger and a fervor after fruitfulness. I want us just to sing this together. And you might just want to lift your hands and just allow the Lord to transact with you. Give stuff to Him. Give over any unforgiveness, any blockages. And let's just worship Him for a couple of minutes.